0: IVM. You are listening to The Signal Daily. Brought to you by Front Page Studios. We have been witnessing the heavy cost of climate change so far, and now get this. A UN assessment report has said that invasive alien species are costing the world. At least $423 billion every year. And it's not just about the cost. They're actually a big threat to nature as well. Now, before we go any further, let me first clarify what is meant by alien species. So, as opposed to native species, those species of animals, plants, and other organisms that are introduced to new regions through human activities are termed alien species. And invasive alien species represent a subset of alien species. Um, Think something like water hyacinth in India, for example. Most water bodies have it, yet this invasive species was actually introduced to India. And this in turn has affected livelihoods and also agriculture in the country. Now moving on, as per this report that was produced by the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services or IPBES, More than 37,000 alien species have been introduced by many human activities to regions and biomes around the world. And the cost of invasive alien species have been only growing dramatically. In fact, it's been increasing by at least four times each decade since 1970. And what's more, invasive species are actually, like I said, impacting biodiversity and it's exposing entire ecosystems to diseases and other potential threats. For example, a recent New York Times report talks about zebra mussels invading the Great Lakes. I mean, zebra mussels have practically wiped out local mussels and forced power plants to spend big bucks to keep their water systems clean. Meanwhile, the Caribbean false mussel is causing major headaches for fisheries in India. And to make matters worse, invasive insects like mosquitoes are carrying diseases like malaria, dengue and Zika all over the globe. And if you're still wondering how invasive species affect us, let me break it down for you. These unwanted species are one of the top five reasons as to why we're losing biodiversity across the globe. The other four reasons being changes in land and sea use, overharvesting, and of course climate change and pollution. The IPBS report also tells us that as our world has gotten smaller and more connected over the centuries, people have brought over species to places where they don't naturally belong. Blame our wanderlust. And out of those 37 invasive species that have been documented, more than 3,500 have caused problems in their new homes and are being labelled as invasive troublemakers. You'd also be surprised to know that invasive non-native species have caused 60% of plant and animal extinctions that we know of. Plus, the report also says that as many as 1 million plant and animal species are actually in danger of going extinct because of this. To add to the problem, About 200 new invasive species are popping up every year. And with so many newcomers, you can bet the situation will keep getting worse. At the same time, though, it's not all doom and gloom. Because researchers believe that we can deal with this if we invest enough resources. They're also stressing that the most crucial way to address the growing issue of invasive species is actually by preventing them from getting to new places. Does that mean that we should be traveling less? Not really. It means that we should not carry seeds, plants and animals without proper precautions and testing. There's a reason why you're not allowed to carry these to other countries without proper authorization. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hi, I'm Saurabhuri and this is the Deep Dive for 6th September, 2023. The US-China semiconductor war continues to rage on as China stuns the world with its latest weapon, a brand new 7nm processor to go with Huawei's latest smartphone, the Mate 60 Pro. This chip is known as the Kirin 9000s and it was born out of a joint effort between China's Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp or SMIC and Huawei Technologies. A Bloomberg report says that the high-functioning 7nm chip is an attempt on China's part to be more self-reliant in the semiconductor game. The report also stated that the release was quite low-key and Huawei didn't give out any specifications about the Mate 60 Pro. But its release seems to have literally raised SMIC stock. Its share prices in fact rose in Hong Kong by 11% and in Shanghai by 6%. And experts are saying that Huawei's newest creation is quite on par with the fastest smartphones that exist in the market today. Bloomberg's tests, for example, reveal that the Mate 60 Pro is decked with cellular speeds almost as fast as Apple's latest 5G iPhones. What's even more important is the fact that the processor was entirely designed and produced using local expertise. And of course, this fact doesn't fare too well for the US because the thing is, America, as you know, has been trying to elbow China out of the semiconductor race for a while. And we've covered this in depth in some of our previous episodes as well. You can check out the links on the show notes. And so this new development kind of pours cold water on US's efforts. I'm sure you remember the sanctions that the Trump administration had set up against SMIC and then added it to the entities list in 2019 over concerns that it had relations with the Chinese military. Plus, the U.S. has also made sure that China has no access to American chip technology or to the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, which, as we know, is the world leader in high-end semiconductors. Last year, the U.S. had also created an alliance with Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan to create a global chip supply chain, purposely leaving China out of it. It also passed the Chips and Science Act in August last year, which promised assistance worth $52 billion in subsidies and $200 billion for research to bolster American chipmaking. The idea there was to boost domestic production and reduce reliance on other countries, and mainly China. What's more, Fortune pointed out that President Joe Biden signed an executive order last month banning U.S. investments in three Chinese technology sectors, which are semiconductors, quantum tech, and AI. So clearly, America is doubling down hard on China's chip power. But how long can the U.S. really manage to hold it off? Because China is clearly beginning to catch up. And the U.S. can only do so much with all the gatekeeping as China has been actively trying to recruit tech talent for its semiconductor ambitions under the shimming program, which the U.S. also grossly disapproves of, of course. The new NM SMIC chip may be behind the cutting-edge 4NM technology that is used in iPhones and other high-end smartphones today. But it certainly is an impressive feat, considering that they had no supposed external help or any access to foreign technology. Stephen Liang, a uob k Hong Kong executive director, told Bloomberg that the chip is certainly a huge boost for China's chip-making industry. He said, and I quote, Most people didn't foresee that China could catch up in this area so quickly. However, there is still a chance that maybe the 7nm chip is all China can manage without any help. Because you see, the Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company uses extreme ultraviolet lithography or EUV machines to make the high-end chips that are used in iPhones and the US has actually ensured that China cannot access those machines. So how will it be able to get to the 4nm chip without the know-how and the sophisticated tools? Even the volume of production for that matter is being doubted, as China doesn't have sufficient infrastructure to support a large-scale production for even the 7nm chip. This is perhaps why the Mate 60 Pro was made in a limited quantity and it sold out so fast. But its alleged network of secret chip fab chains does seem to suggest its unrelenting ambitions. Question is, how far will China be able to push itself? And how far will the US go to stop it? Let's find out together. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd also love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot us an email at hello at thesignal.co The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. This episode was written and researched by Sneha and Tanuja. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan. Produced by Manaswini. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.